Well, uh, here we are two days after July 4th, and uh, let me just say from the outset that this is going to be one of the most random messages that I have ever done. This will probably be one of the most random messages you've ever heard, and if you happen to be visiting today, I'm so sorry. This is kind of experimental, but uh, we'll try to get through it and and see where we can go with it. Um, This is going to be a bit experimental. We are talking about uh, red, white, and smartphone um, is kind of a, a little bit of a, a different take on um, July 4th. And, and there, there's a couple of reasons that we're, we're kind of experimenting a little bit today. The first one is that this is kind of one of those penciled in on the church calendar, anything goes Sundays. Um, you're, you're lucky that we didn't just stick somebody completely random up here to preach because, you know, people are going to be out of town and so you try to experiment a little bit. Senior pastors on vacation, kind of anything goes. We can get away with whatever we want to here. And so uh, that's why it's a little bit experimental to begin with. The other is that for those of you who were here last week, you heard uh, John Horton uh, give uh, a message on religious freedom that was kind of your classic uh, July 4th message. And uh, he called upon a lot of the uh, founding fathers and a lot of really good stuff in there. And uh, he does it so well. Uh, he knows that stuff so well that I wouldn't even dare try uh, to keep up with him. So I'm not going to go back into the Founding Fathers and the Declaration of Independence necessarily today, uh, but we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about America, and and today we're going to talk about a few different things. Uh, We're going to talk about a hashtag. We're going to talk about smartphones. We're going to talk about attention span and somehow tie in a story about Jesus with two sisters named Mary and Martha. Uh, you might be wondering how all of those things are going to flow together, and the answer to that is we'll see. So uh, buckle your seatbelts, and we'll see where this goes. Now, Friday was our National Day of Independence, Independence Day, the day that uh, we, we celebrate being independent people and free people every day. But that is the one day that is set apart on the calendar every year, specifically for the purpose of remembering our independence. And it's, it's one of those days where people show their American pride. It's also one of those days that people kind of show some of their uh, American kind of flex their muscles a little bit. And uh, there is a hashtag that, that's come out over the course of the past several years that if you spend much time on social media, you probably have seen if you were on social media on Friday, you most definitely saw it a few times. And that is hashtag America. You have to say it like that. America. Let's practice it together. Ready? America. America. Okay, so America is this hashtag. Now, a hashtag, for those of you who are not internet savvy, is basically uh, a device where you use the pound sign, rest in peace pound sign. Uh, It's where you use the pound sign and then follow it with something. And so if you do that on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, when people click on that hashtag, you can find all sorts of things that have been a part of that conversation. Now, some people take it too far, and it's like, hashtag, I'm the coolest kid in the ninth grade at Howard Middle School, or high school, or whatever. And that, that's not a very sortable hashtag. That's not very useful, but um, to each their own. But America is one that you see a lot of um, on social media. And Just to try to define it a little bit, I I did a little bit of research into where this whole word America comes from. And uh, I'm I'm not going to name this online source because I I don't want to direct you to it because there are some things you don't want to find there. But um, there is an online dictionary that uses 
uh, this description of America. A whole new way of saying America. America is the whole experience of America summed up in a stereotypical way. Eating anything deep fried, shooting shotguns, etc. All compressed into one word. People often say it when they see Americans doing things only Americans can do, such as trimming a hedge with a chainsaw, eating quadruple burgers with extra lard, and driving tractors in the middle of a freeway. America. It is often expressed in a proud and commonly exaggerated way. I would say it's almost always used in an exaggerated kind of way. Always kind of proud, too. This phrase is one to be used only when the time comes to say it, like at an eating contest. By the way, congratulations, Joey Chestnut ate mustard belts in a row on Friday. If you don't know what that is, just don't worry about it. Um, Or it might be used at a mud pit wrestling match. As there are so many people in America that truly express what this word is all about, there is one family that pushes it over the limit. This is according to the online source. That family is commonly called the Honey Boo Boo family. And so that is kind of this idea of America. It's kind of this proud, let's flex our muscles as a country and just kind of say, hey, uh, we're, we're, we're loud and we're proud and we do silly things like eat deep fried anything and we have eating contests and, and we're, we're proud about it. There, there was an example uh, that, that was on this online source and it's a conversation between a son and his father. And the son says, Dad, did you see that man eat 503 hot dogs in three minutes? I wonder how many pounds he will gain. Father responds, shut up, boy, and embrace true American spirit held before you. But Dad, America. And that's all you really need to say. Um, It's just this interesting phenomenon that has come about. Uh, There were some that I saw over the weekend. Uh, This was one of my favorites. A friend of mine on Facebook lives in Tennessee, and he asked the question, I wonder if those who fought for our freedom would really celebrate by giving every Yahoo in Tennessee explosives right at little kid bedtime. First comment on there, yep, hashtag America. There you go. Um, David Denson posted this on Instagram the other day. This was a great picture. Uh, I didn't take the time to get it up on the screen, but it says in this picture, it's got a list, and it says there are two types of countries. Number one, those who use the metric system. Number two, those who have been to the moon. Hashtag America. Um, And this is probably the best ever. Um, 238 years ago today, Thomas Jefferson wrote the ultimate breakup letter. Hashtag America. Pretty good, huh? And so it is kind of this exaggerated way of just kind of flexing our muscles as a country and kind of saying, you know what, we're we're loud, we're proud, we're proud to be Americans. And and there's a lot of wonderful things about being American. There are a lot of wonderful things that we experience. They're a part of the true American uh, experience. Um, I'm not sure that uh, when people look back on the great civilizations of the world, they're going to look at hot dog eating contests and trimming hedges with chainsaws and say those were truly great people in that civilization. I'm not sure about that, but it's something that we enjoy. It's something that we kind of declare proudly. But there are also things within being a free people, within being kind of this independent country that we are, where we've gotten access to so many things over the course of the past hundred years or so. And and part of being Americans has gone beyond just um, we're free 
and we have certain freedoms and liberties, but it's also, there, there's a way of life that has developed into American society. And I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that it's a bad thing, but I think that it raises some challenge for us as we think about what it means to be people of faith. And I would say that American society has changed drastically over the course of the past decade, um, and a lot of it is tied into the amount of access that we have to different things in our life. Which brings us to our scripture for this morning, which will be up on the screen. This is from Luke chapter 10, and it's a story about Jesus in the home of two sisters named Mary and Martha. And there's, stay tuned, because there's going to be a part I want you to read with me. While Jesus and his disciples were traveling, Jesus entered a village where a woman named Martha welcomed him as a guest. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his message. By contrast, Martha was preoccupied with getting everything ready for their meal. So Martha came to him and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to prepare the table all by myself? Tell her to help me. The Lord answered, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. If you would read this with me. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the better part. It won't be taken from her. One thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but one thing is necessary. And I would say that as Americans in American society today, we have become completely distracted people. There are so many things that we have access to. If you were to go and those of you who have cable or a dish or direct TV, and just look at the number of channels that you have. I, I get about five with my antenna unless I turn it another way and they get a few more. Um, but for those of us with, with cable, there are so many different things that we can tune into. YouTube has 100 hours of video uploaded to it every single minute. And, and it's just a, a click away with all these things that we have access to. And what has developed as a result of this is that we have access to so many different things that if we don't like something, we can immediately flip to something else. And it has caused our attention span to drop considerably. A couple of statistics for you. Um, average atten attention span has dropped in a decade from 12 minutes to 5 minutes. Now, internet, internet attention span, this is when people are sitting in front of their computer or their phone or their tablet. The internet attention span is rated at about eight seconds, okay? So in eight seconds, you're, you're distracted and moving on to something else. By contrast, um, a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. So there you go. Um, and I came across a video a couple of weeks ago that I thought really laid this out really well. And, and I'm not going to show it because it truly is boring. Um, but what it was was a video that was done where it says, for three minutes, I just want you to watch this video. You can't click on anything else on your computer. All you can do is watch this video. And this video is a test. And it's going to be boring. But I want to see if you can make it three minutes without being distracted, without moving on to something else. And so I sat there and I actually watched the video for three minutes. And for three minutes, it was nothing but this guy saying, this is a test. I bet you can't do it. I bet you can't do it. I did it. I felt very proud of myself for doing it. But it was amazing how painful that experience was. It was amazing how 
within about eight seconds or so, I was ready to go, okay, I'll just let this run in the background. I'll open something else up to go while this is going. And so the question for us is with these changes in attention span, with the access that we have to so many different things, the opportunity we have to be distracted by many things, what are we supposed to do as people of faith? How does that tie in with our relationship of God, with God? As, as American people, um, with all the privileges and all the freedoms that we have, how do we worship God when we are constantly distracted and bombarded by so many different things? Um, there are different things that we experience in, in North Macon. Um, things are pretty tame right now, but I know as soon as school starts back, a lot of parents will be running back and forth to uh, practices, back and forth to after-school functions, trying to get them to youth programming and things like that. And we're constantly on the move. We're constantly distracted. So how do we navigate our faith in the middle of all that? Now, I would say that one of the things that's at the heart of our distractions are phones, are our smartphones. I know not everyone has a smartphone. Some people um, still rely on old faithful landlines. Some people have dumb phones, uh, as they're uh, commonly called. But smartphones have this certain way uh, of capturing our attention and distracting us from different things. And uh, last week, John Horton, um, who, if you don't know John, John is our retired associate pastor. He, he's in his 70s. And uh, as part of being the retired associate pastor on staff that's in his 70s, he is our resident Disney expert. Um, and so he was telling me the other day as we were talking through some different things about how we're distracted as a culture, he said, oh, yeah, 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 there was this thing I saw in Disney the other day. I'm like, John, you're like 70-something. And he, he's like, yeah, 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 this, this show on Disney the other day. And I, I said, okay. And so he kind of described it a little bit. And uh, he couldn't remember what it was, but I went and found the clip. And we're going to watch it real quick. Um, and this is from a show called I Didn't Do It. Um, I have never actually seen the show, so I have no idea uh, what it's about, really. But I think that this clip sums up pretty well a lot of what we're talking about this morning. So let's roll that clip. I'm glad I met you, Logan. You're really cool and mellow and laid back. Can I have your digits? You're not one of those guys who gets a number and never texts, are you? Uh, no, no, I'm one of those guys who never gets numbers. <laughs> All right. I'll look for your text. You won't have to look far. It'll be right on your phone. <laughs> oh, yeah, who just got a hecky cute girl's number? <laughs> Good-looking out, sign spinner. What's up, Haley? It's low. No! Here's the slushies. Oh, my phone, my phone! I know you've got bigger issues right now, but just keep in mind you owe me 325. Guys, we have an emergency. while walking. Forget me, just save my phone. It's been in a terrible accident. It's barely clinging to life. Do something. Incoming people, let's be sharp. Remove the case. Stand. Oh, 
I've never seen a cake list before. But it's not responsive. That's what my teacher calls me. It's saying my phone. Shh. I'm not getting a beat. I think it's time to pull the plug. Call it. We can't call it. It's broken. No. Come on. There's got to be something we can do. I love this phone more than life itself. Plus, I have another year on the contract. We need rice. That's for a wedding. This is a funeral. No, 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 no. It says if you put a wet phone in rice for 72 hours, it'll dry out. It could come back to life. Oh, I should have put Goldie the goldfish in rice. Oh, great. Now I want sushi. Focus. <laughs> Now what? We've done all we can. Now we just wait and play. <laughs> Foosball? Yeah. yeah. All right, so um, that is kind of a fun little clip that talks about how obsessive we get with our phones. And as uh, John Horton was describing, he watched the whole episode. I just watched that clip. Um, John was saying that the other people in the group, they decided to... Uh, join in, and for 72 hours, they're like, we'll go without our phones, too. It was this big challenge that they have, and they were, you know, were extremely dramatic and exaggerated through it all, and uh, it, it has become kind of one of those things that kind of controls our life, and uh, I brought up Ashley Griffin. Ashley is our youth pastor here, and I uh, just wanted to ask Ashley a couple of questions because Ashley is uh, our resident expert on uh, youth culture uh, in the church today. And so uh, we're going to do three minute, got a three minute timer going. Um, and Ashley, just wanted to ask you a few things. You've worked with youth for the better part of two decades. What effect has the increase of smartphones had on your ministry? Okay, three minutes. Um, <laughs> well, it certainly created more distractions. Um, that's a, a negative for sure. Uh, you know, you can't go anywhere without seeing, and it's not just a youth problem, first of all, let me say that. Uh, you can't go anywhere without seeing people just staring at their phone. Um, but it's, it's not uncommon to see youth, uh, just since we are talking youth, youth world, texting in, in the same room. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll be sitting beside somebody and they'll, they won't verbalize anything. They'll just text them, um, which is kind of crazy. Um, some good stuff is it allows quicker communication. You can stay connected um, for sure. Um, a big negative uh, is the fact that a lot of times youth are finding their identity in the number of likes that they get on a picture or a comment on like Twitter or Facebook. And that's kind of creepy. Um, you know, they'll <laughs> post a, a picture like, you know, they might post this and they'll look back 10 minutes later, this picture that's up here now and the, like, I only have five people that liked it. What's wrong? I, I posted that picture yesterday, actually. Let me see how many likes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see how many likes you got. But uh, six, six, six likes. Yeah. So how would y'all rate that youth? That'd be, I'll be devastated, right? That's yeah. Right. Big thumbs yeah. down right there. You'd have to take that off. So um, that's a, that's a big thing is it's just the distraction level. Um, you know, it, it's, it's created a, a relational problem where people don't talk anymore. They just text is the biggest thing I see. Hmm. All right. What, what would you say you've noticed? Have you noticed any changes in attention span um, over the course of the past 15 years? I don't know. Um, I think that's more TV-driven, um, you know, because a lot of the youth have grown up in it where, I, you know, I, I look at people like me, I'm 42, and my, de- my attention span has certainly dropped. Um, and I, I read something the other day, commercials have gone from 60 seconds to 30 seconds, now they're 15 seconds because we can't handle watching them. Um, but I think youth today, especially, you know, children's world and some in the youth ministry, have grown up in this fast-paced culture, and 
um, you know, you can't watch a, a, anything without the camera changing for three seconds. So, I, yeah, mm -hmm. attention spans are shrinking, I would say, but I don't, I think it's more TV-driven than phone-driven. What effect do you think that has on our spiritual lives? Well, the thing on that for me is, you know, Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. And it is really hard for us to be still. I mean, it, it is constant that we're moving around and, and wanting to do stuff and go from one thing to the next. And I can speak for myself. For my devotion time in the morning, it's hard just to sit there and focus on something. I, I want to, you know, check Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or, or whatever, email. Um, so that's become difficult for sure. Okay. We're running over time. Uh oh bonus pe time. Pe people are texting me in the middle of the sermon. It Shocking. Um, Hayden, what's up? Uh, <laughs> texting me across the room. All right. Uh, what are some positive benefits that an increase in technological access might have for ministry and for our spiritual lives? Well, again, communication. Um, you can get the word out really quick on things. But I think the biggest thing is to think every version of the Bible is right there. Right. or um, commentary or something. If you have a question, you can look it up. And, of course, knowing your source is important, but there's nothing um, that's not available at your fingertips now and really quick. So that, that's helpful. It can be hurtful, but it can certainly be helpful in the right way. Right. So. All right. Thank you, Ashley. My pleasure. Thanks for All having right. me. <laughs> so... Um, there is kind of a reality and a, a danger within this that uh, we, we know that our attention span has changed. We know that we have access to a lot of different things, and I don't see it really improving. I don't really see that there are going to be some dramatic changes in which all of a sudden our attention span just comes back magically. And so the question for us is what, what is the danger within that? What are we missing out on by having that decrease in attention span? What are we missing out on by not having, um, you know, some sort of focus in our spiritual lives? And so uh, there, there are also things within our uh, relationships that I think it affects as well. Um, an example is um, a couple of years ago, one of my really good friends got married, and at his bachelor weekend, um, he and I were, were there with a bunch of our other friends, and I, I didn't notice anything at the time, but um, a couple of weeks later, maybe it was a couple of months later, um, he was sharing with my wife, and he said, you know, Anthony was just totally not engaged in the entire weekend. And he's like, I, I, I connected with so many people that were there, had a great time with all my friends, but Anthony was just on his phone the whole time, and I didn't even realize it. I didn't even notice it, but it was devastating for me to hear that, that he, he would feel the need to talk to my wife and say, you know, is there something wrong? He just seemed to be completely engaged in another world. And, and what ends up happening a lot of times is we get so caught up in what's going on that we don't experience what there is in the tangible um, present for where we actually are. And so I think that brings us back um, a little bit to Mary and Martha. Now, the story of Mary and Martha is, is, is not about cell phones. It's not about access, but it is about being distracted by things going on. And the thing that Jesus says to Martha is that she is distracted by many things. Somebody's texting me again. Um, she is distracted by many things. And, and the things that she was distracted by appear to be good. She was worried about getting things prepared for the meal that Jesus was going to be a part of, and she was doing things around the house, and she was frustrated that Mary wasn't participating. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. One thing is necessary. One thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen 
the better part, and it will not be taken from her. And I think that that's kind of the challenge that we have, is in this world where we have all these distractions, where we have access to a million different things that, that are just a fingertip away, to not get caught up in everything that's going on in our, in our online world, not get caught up in things that are going on, in the distractions that we face every single day, but to find a way to cut through our lack of attention span and still focus on that one thing. Still focus on that one thing. And I believe that that one thing is connecting with God, is experiencing God. And there's a certain amount of focus that comes in with that. And so there, there are just kind of a few things I want to share that um, as I have tried to navigate life as a smartphone owner and a tablet owner uh, with access to so many different things, a few things that I've found are helpful in this digital world that we live in, full of all the distractions that there are, that I think are helpful in terms of our spiritual lives. The first thing is to take a break from being connected in order to be connected. One thing that uh, I have started doing um, is on Tuesdays, I don't spend a single minute on social media. Uh, I can check my email, I'll check my texts, but I don't look at anything on social media, and I try not to spend any time really browsing on those days either. And what I've discovered is I've got all this time on my hands that I don't have on other days. And it's amazing that when you, you take a break from something that you realize that you have time that you didn't know was there to begin with. And so I'll take a break, and, and maybe for you it's not social media. Maybe it's something else in your life that distracts you. Maybe it's the newspaper if you're still a newspaper reader. Um, but taking a break from something that, that kind of distracts us and just taking that out just one day a week has been extremely helpful for me. And what I, what I have found is that I have more time to pray. I have more time to spend time with others. And so by disconnecting, so to speak, I'm able to actually connect better with God and able to connect better with others. Second thing is um, find ways to focus within the short attention span. We know that we have short attention spans, so find ways to do things that are enriching to our spiritual lives, even in the midst of our distractions and the crazy things going on in our lives. Uh, an example would be, uh, I got a little devotion book uh, a couple of months ago that's one-minute prayer devotions. Um, pretty much everybody can spare one minute. Pretty much everyone can focus for one minute. And it, it literally, that's all it takes is one minute to read through these devotions, one minute to, to say a little prayer at the end of it. And I, I've discovered that by, by turning to that, that's something that can work with my short attention span and still keep me spiritually grounded and still keep me spiritually focused. Uh, one thing I've, I've realized is that I'm, I'm the type of person that I'll try to do like these really ambitious uh, Bible reading plans. I'm going to read the entire Bible in the next two days. You know, something crazy like that. And what I realize is that I get distracted so quickly. I get lost so quickly. And I found that if I can find something where I'm going to go, I'm just going to read a few verses today. I know that's all my attention span can handle. I'm just going to read a few verses. Uh, but the, the risk is if you don't do anything, you start to to lose even more ground in our spiritual lives. Um, another thing that I found is, is being present. 
Um, be present where you are. And uh, one thing that I, I have seen a lot of groups do um, is if you're out to eat, um, instead of being caught up on your phone the whole time, uh, everybody at the beginning of the meal puts their phone in the middle of the table, and whoever has to go for their phone first has to pay for the entire table. Um, it's an easy way to kind of keep the distraction away. And uh, just a common courtesy if you do this, take your phone off vibrate and off ring, just make it completely silent, because uh, for me, it's just a pet peeve that the table's vibrating the whole time, uh, even if you don't check it. And so, uh, just do that for me, thank you. But being present, being engaged in conversations, um, and not missing out on the opportunities of life. And then I would say, use our connectedness to our advantage. Um, There are things that are going on all around the world that we have access to, Um, I heard somebody joke one time that the CNN homepage is like a worldwide prayer list. And there there are so many things that we can find out that are going on in the world if we just take the time, instead of just aimlessly browsing, if we take the time to to look and see what's going on there and use that as an opportunity to to pray for things going on beyond our own little self-absorbed realm. And then the last thing is to don't miss out on the one thing. Don't miss out on the one thing that is necessary, and that is taking time to be quiet, taking time to be still, taking time to to seek God and to sit at God's feet. And so however that works for you, whatever works within your attention span, um, I would encourage you to find a way to connect with that one thing. Uh, Because I believe that so many of us are, are like Martha's. We even named our church Martha. Um, So many of us are like Martha's in that we are constantly distracted by so many things. And Jesus is reminding us, you know, one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. And so our our challenge for this morning is uh, we are part of a great nation. We are part of, there's a table there. We are part of a free people and we've got access to so many things. But what I would say about us as a country and what I would say about us as American people is that we are at our best as a country. We are at our best as people uh, when we are focused and determined. When we are focused on a, on a goal and we are determined. And so our attention span may wander and, and we find different things to distract us. But I believe that, that God wants to call us back and say, be focused, be determined, spend time engaged in the one thing that is necessary. Because I I believe that that's when we're at our best, and I believe that's when we're going to grow spiritually. And so uh, this is kind of light, um, and it's just kind of a challenge for us today in that with all the distractions that we have, take time to be still. Take time to seek God, and take time uh, to disconnect from all the distractions around us and to connect with God. I'm going to invite the band back up, and uh, we're going to sing one more song. And uh, as they come, just an invitation to you. If uh, there's something within your life that you want to commit to, um, some sort of spiritual aspect, some sort of spiritual dimension that you want to commit to, um, I invite you just to come and spend time at the altar to, to dedicate that at this time.